Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In all our personal relationships, we're to put God first. So stop. How you doing? Put God first. Why? Because Jesus said, unless you do it, you cannot be my disciple. Now, what do we ask you to say all the way through the teaching today? It's, it's going to get good. Say, Pastor Mark, that's hard. Yeah, but that's actually what? Good for us. Becoming a Christ follower changes everything in your life. You might not realize it at first, but as you find out more about God and how His love for you is manifested, you start to see things in your life that also want to be number one. One area that turns out being huge is your relationship with your friends and family. Pastor Mark will be talking about those kinds of conflicts. He'll be teaching you what Jesus has to say about them and how to resolve those disputes. You'll learn that although these areas involve hard work to make right, you'll also discover that God will help you to get through the hard parts. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 14 as he continues his message, The Cost of Being a Disciple. Let me just stop right here. Any of you always, 100% of the time, put God first? Let me see your hand. Did anybody do that? Yes, Jesus did. I always do those things the Father asked me to do. Pastor Mark, I'm not Jesus. I'm well aware of that. Either am I. So this is my goal to be like Jesus. So we don't just fluff it off. I strive with his power toward it. Don't be condemned as we go through, but evaluate your life and go, like, I could do better in that right there. I could definitely do better in that. Now, normally, putting God first, that's not a real danger to us in America, but in many parts of the world, if you put God first, you don't have to worry about your family. You know why? Because you'll be kicked out of your family. Linda and I will be going to India, and I'll be teaching in the seminary there again, 600 students. As I do that, it never surprises me to hear the story of the students. When they accepted Christ, they were banished from their homes. They don't have to worry about this. Putting God first eliminated their relatives. By the way, many of them will die for their faith. So you and I understand... Maybe not so difficult here, but definitely difficult in many parts of the world. And yet it can be a problem, even in the church. Pastor Mark, what do you mean? Some of you 
allow your spouse to keep you from being what God wants you to be. You let a friend influence you. You'd like to say, I'd like to really go for God. And your friends go, come on, come on, that's ridiculous. So you put your friends above God. Some of you here have never turned your life over to Christ because of a husband, a wife, a son or daughter, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, your group of friends. You refuse to make a commitment to God, your business partners, because if you do that, it could affect the bottom line. Understand that Jesus simply says it, God must be first and everybody else comes next. So here's cost number one. Please write it down. Cost number one. In all our personal relationships, friends, family, co-workers, employees, bosses, in all our personal relationships, we're to put God first. So stop. How you doing? Put God first. Why? Because Jesus said, unless you do it, you cannot be my disciple. Now, what do we ask you to say all the way through the teaching today? It's, it's going to get good. You say, Pastor Mark, that's hard. Yeah, but that's actually what? Good for us. Now, the next two verses, including this one, kind of put the next key together. Look at the end of verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate, yet even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Pastor Mark, I, I can understand the relatives, but I have to hate my own life? Yeah, we already told you that at the beginning. Following Jesus will be the death of me. True, true statement. What is the greatest barrier to actually following Jesus Christ? It's not my relatives. It's me. Self-love, self-desires, self-exaltation. All over in our world, the secular world, it says this, we're to love ourselves. We're to pamper ourselves. We're to indulge ourselves. We're to make us numero uno. Put yourself first. But when we follow Jesus, he has another whole deal on that. Jesus says, quit living for self. Quit making yourself number one and make God number one. Do you know that you actually love yourself? I don't have to worry about loving myself. I love myself. How many of you at all, let me see how many hands, I want you to raise your hand now. How many this morning looked into a mirror at your face? Let me see your hand, come on now. Those that didn't, don't look at them because they're pretty poor looking. You know, they got the seed right there from the vagal right in their tooth and... No, we looked at ourselves. Pretty soon we're going to be taking lots of pictures at Christmas, aren't we? When the picture comes out and you say, let me see, who are you looking at in the picture? The grandkids? No, you're looking at you. I mean, I can have Kimmy here, my dog. You know, I'm with my dog. How you like my cute dog? And by the way, look at me. I said, Pastor Mark, I'm not like that. Oh, yes, you are. 
You see, we love ourselves. We don't have to worry about that. So Jesus says, no, 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 no. You, you simply quit making yourself number one and put God first. Don't always just be thinking about yourself. Jesus actually said it this way. I didn't come to earth to do my will, but the will of my Father. Now look at verse 27. This is the second half of the cost. And anyone who does not carry his cross, whoa, and follow me cannot be my disciple. The cross symbolized death. That's a hard one. What did it mean? Now, in those days, it was not an issue. Jesus wouldn't have to say to somebody, do you know what it means to carry a cross? Because they're in the in that nation where people were being crucified all the time. The cross symbolized death. Who's the death to here? It's not physically to me. It's emotionally and spiritually to me. It's the death of me. Following Jesus will be the death of me. Now, what did we say? It's it's going to get good. I think I like this, Pastor Mark. I can say it, but I don't believe it. No, it's going to get good. You just wait. Now, what is, in a practical sense, what does he mean by a cross? Let me give you an illustration. As you think about the cross, it speaks of dying to ourselves and wanting God's will more than my own. Please write this down, then we're going to work with it. Here we go. Our cross is where our will crosses God's will and God's will wins. That's my cross. It's denying me in the way I want to live. It's the death of me. So what is he saying here? Unless I die to myself... I can't be his disciple. What does die to myself mean? It means God's will wins. Just put it like this. Come on. Where's your will? It's what? It's, it's gone. And you say, well, I did that when I accepted Christ. Yes, that's right. But he says, take up your cross and follow me. How often is this going to have to happen? Oh, a couple times in your lifetime. How about another time period? Jesus says, I know you got questions. Let me show you how frequent this is going to be. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to all of them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. Say it with me. Daily. What? Daily? Yeah, how many decisions do you make every day? Hundreds. So what Jesus is saying is, it's not a one-time thing when you come to salvation. I simply will recognize Jesus as Lord of my life. I will choose his will over my will. And I will deny my selfish desires, including time. See, one of my priorities in life is the use of my time. His agenda will become my agenda. His mission will become my mission. His plans will become our plans. His plans are good for me. They're not bad for me. But to enjoy his plans, his plans have to be first. Now, cost number two, 
in our daily lives, including our plans and our agendas, what happens? We put God first again. There's a priority. There's a commitment. You've discovered, and you know it well, you come up with your plan, and you try to work your plan, and it looks really good, and God says, I'm not really interested in that plan. I have another plan for you. And you go, well, that one doesn't sound very good. But in the end, when you do His plan, you discover, as we're saying all through this service, it turns out good. It was way better than anything I could have ever thought of. And so understand today, when you believe that, that's what Jesus believed, that means I'm gonna, it's going to cost me what I want to do if I'm going to follow him, follow him as a lifestyle. It's not an event. Well, Pastor Mark, if I die to myself and I put his agenda first, what does that look like in my life? Let me read just some to you. And you can evaluate yourself and see how you're doing. If I'm going to die to myself and do what God wants me to do, number one, you don't have to write these down. I don't want you just thinking and listening to me. I'll have to move out of my comfort zone. Pastor Mark, that's not, I don't want to move out of my comfort zone. Hello. God always asks us to move out of our comfort zone. That's where faith is. Well, I don't want to do it. No, you have to die to self. Number two, if I'm going to die to self, I'm going to have to live like the Bible says to live. Do you know there's a lot of places you could go today around the world and you would never hear what I'm teaching you? You would never hear this message. It's in the Bible. Jesus speaks about it numerous times. But see, we want to be happy. I don't want any commitments. I don't want to hear about something that's going to cost me. Well, anything good really costs us. Amen? Come on. Amen? Anything good. Really? Your marriage, if your marriage is good, did it cost you? Oh. Is it still costing you? It is still costing me. My remote, I never see anymore. It's still costing me. My wife sees it. Now, if I'm going to live like the Bible says to live, what's it going to cost some of you? What's going to cost some of you to stop living together because you're not married? It's going to cause some of you to stop having premarital sex. It's not biblical. I know, but it's not biblical. Some of you are going to have to get out of a homosexual or lesbian relationship. It is not biblical. Some of you right now are playing around with pornography and you're contemplating an affair or you're already in one. You're ready to commit adultery. You have to stop it. Some of you this morning, if, if I'm going to have to die to self, you're going to have to forgive that person that you do not want to forgive. But the Bible says, no, 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 not your will. Put me first. Forgive as I forgave others. Some of you this morning, that's going to require you to stop and think, 
You're going to have to be the spiritual parents that God designed you to be. That husband that's the spiritual leader and that wife that's the godly mother. If I'm going to die to self, I'm going to have to join a small group. Pastor Mark, I don't want to do that. I understand. Jesus said you need to be in a small group. You need to be in an accountability group. Some of you used to be in a small group. Some of you used to be in a place where you met every other week or whatever, and you've gotten out of that because life's too busy. No, 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 no. Daily, die to yourself. Get back to what God wants you to do. If I'm going to die to myself, what's that look like? It looks like me getting up early in the morning and having a quiet time instead of doing what I want to do. Sleep in an extra half hour early, do my exercise first, see how my stocks did yesterday, take a look at my emails, see how my business did. So pretty soon when I finally get to the Bible, I have one minute to say, hi, God, thanks, blessings, see ya. If I'm going to die to self, I'm going to have to learn that giving is better than getting. We know that at Christmas, when we give to our grandkids, is it better than getting? Like a million times. We're going to have to learn, and you guys have learned this well, you're going to have to learn that, well, serving is better than being served. I'm going to have to do one big thing if I'm going to put God first in my plans and my agenda. I'm going to have to swallow my pride. Let's all swallow together. Come on. What have you just swallowed? Your pride. Pastor Mark, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm going to have to swallow my pride. My will is no longer in play. God's will is. See, what keeps me wanting to do my thing is my pride. I know more than God. I've been there many times. It's a miserable thing. Swallow your pride. So that second cost is huge. So let me just show you. Understanding that when God is first, we submit not a part, but every part of us to him. Write this down. Disciples don't live for themselves. They live for God. Now, it's going to get good. That's already good. You see, when I give, the Bible says, I get. It's better to give than it is to receive. Give and you will receive. God knows how to just multiply that in a million ways in our life. Now, next, Jesus gives a couple of illustrations that I'm going to go through quickly. I'm only going to do one of them. And the whole principle of this is to stop and think about this illustration. Now, remember, he's talking to wannabes. And he's trying to say to them, it's going to cost you to follow me. Not just once. It's going to be a lifestyle. Look at verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. So what is Jesus saying to the people? I've already given you some costs. You want to be a disciple? You want to build your life? Can you finish it? Let me give you an illustration that's practical. What Jesus is saying to these people is your life is like this building project. 
Today, instead of a tower, let me use a home. If you and I want to build a home, what do we do? Well, we sit down and we calculate the square footage and the type of construction and the furnishings and where we're going to put here and where we're going to put there and how we're going to design this and how we're going to do all that. Then we don't go out and start building the home. The next thing we do is we sit down and add all that up and see if I have enough money, resources to handle the costs of that home. Now, there's no reason to start building if you can only do the foundation. Can you imagine you buy this beautiful lot in a subdivision? And you have enough money, you and your spouse, your wife, and you build the foundation. And you're walking by that foundation one day, and the neighbors around go, wow, what's your house going to look like? Oh, you can't wait. It's going to be terrific. How soon are you building on the rest of this? Well, when we get enough money. And 10 years later, you're walking by, and that neighbor is still there, and he said, not enough money yet, eh? No, but pretty soon, we're going to be there. When that neighbor walks away, what's he going to say about you? This is going to be the empty lot for Eric. i got cement and poles there. What's wrong with that guy? He's starting something he can't finish. You realize how many Christians start something and don't finish? Ooh. Well, that's what Jesus is talking about. So he's asking them to put their thinking cap on. Don't write this down, but here's what he's saying. Listen to what Jesus just said to them. Following me will cost you, so sit down and see if you can afford it. Don't just go on some way. Oh, we're going to build a house. Man, it's going to be fantastic. I want this here. This is the way my counter is going to be. It's going to be fantastic. Well, do you have the money? Well, not really, but we're excited about the house. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow you. I love the miracles. I love it. I like this church. I like this kind of thing. Kids ministry is fantastic. No, 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 no. He says, you have to sit down. It's going to cost. Well, I don't want to hear it's going to cost me. Well, it's going to cost you. Say it with me. It's, it's going to get good. Do we have anywhere in the Bible that that's true? Remember Mark chapter 4? The farmer goes out and sows seed. Four kinds of people hear the word. At the end of that parable that Jesus gives us, how many wannabes do we have? Three. How many real followers? One. Same principle. Lots of wannabes. Start well, never finish. Well, look at verse 33. In the same way, connected with this, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Pastor Mark, I want to say that thing you just said to me. It's going to get, it's going to get good. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, 
they still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. in a herd